Hello everyone, welcome to our podcast. My name is Jillian Persky. And my name is Aaliyah Spence. Today, we will be talking about a very serious matter for all women in America. We will be discussing the overturning of the 1973 Roe v. Wade case and the war over women's bodies. If you don't know what that is, what it means, or how it is important for women in America, we suggest you keep listening. So to start, what is the Roe v. Wade case? Roe v. Wade is a famous Supreme Court case that decided if women had legal rights to an abortion for reasons other than rape, incest, or mortality reasons for the mother. In 1973, a woman by the name of Jane Roe took to court her decision to terminate a pregnancy. This case was prolonged and taken to the Supreme Court in a battle between Jane Roe and District Attorney Henry Wade. The establishment of abortion rights was decided on January 22, 1973. The court ruled in a 7-2 decision that a woman's right to choose an abortion was protected by the privacy rights granted by the 14th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. Exactly, and this was a big deal for women in America because this new law made it safer and more accessible for women to terminate a pregnancy without having to go through extensive law enforcement or unsafely terminating a pregnancy through an under-the-table procedure. Before we go into the issues with the Roe v. Wade in 2021, we are going to give a little bit of background into the original Roe v. Wade case. Yes, first off, I'll introduce you to Jane Roe, one of the two names in this case. Norman McCorvey was the face behind the anonymous name Jane Roe in the Roe v. Wade case. At the age of 21, McCorvey became pregnant and was looking to terminate the pregnancy because she could not financially support a child. In 1969, abortion was not legal in the state of Texas, and women could be criminalized for seeking help to terminate a pregnancy in other states. McCorvey saw this as an unjust rule, and she wanted to do something about it. She soon was in touch with two Texas lawyers who were building a case against U.S. states that banned termination unless it was a fetus made through incest or rape. Through her time as the plaintiff in the Roe v. Wade case, she went to many different rallies and marches to help women gain the right to make decisions for their own bodies. In 1973, the Supreme Court sided with Jane Roe in saying that it was unconstitutional to make abortions illegal. On the other side of this case was Henry Wade. Henry Wade was a Texas lawyer who served as a district attorney of Dallas County from 1951 to 1987. Wade was named a defendant when attorneys Sarah Weddington and Linda Coffey mounted a 1970 constitutional change to the Texas criminal states prohibiting doctors from performing abortions. So now that we have a little bit of background on Roe and Wade, we can discuss what the case meant to women in 1973 and what it means for America today. Roe versus Wade has been debated since it was created. Some people think it is necessary and some people think it is wrong. But now in 2021, 48 years later, Roe versus Wade is being taken to courts again and is at risk of being overturned, meaning women will no longer have safe access to abortions. The discussion of Roe v. Wade in the courts right now is a part of the war over women's bodies. The war over women's bodies is a conflict of women's rights being decided by men in the government. When men make decisions for women regarding their bodies and rights, it can be very controversial given that men making these decisions do not understand what women live through and how women are affected by these decisions. In 2021, there are two men for every one woman in the Supreme Court. This means two-thirds of the people making decisions over women's bodies, in this case specifically, deciding whether or not to overturn and abolish Roe v. Wade, are men. This is a large issue in the Roe v. Wade case because while women cannot create a fetus on their own and men have a part in creating a baby, having men decide what would be best for all women in America is not what we would consider being ideal. Exactly. 
We feel that on such an important part of women's rights, there should be a, more women discussing and making the decisions for their own and other women's bodies. Now, moving on, let's talk about the consequences that will happen if Roe v. Wade gets overturned. If the Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Wade, it wouldn't result in abortion being banned nationwide. It would go back to the jurisdiction of the states, as it was before Roe v. Wade. There would be only seven U.S. states that would have fully expanded access to personal reproductive rights. Those states include Washington, Oregon, California, Hawaii, New York, Vermont, and Connecticut. There are 14 states that will keep abortion rights protected, which means they will keep the rights to procreative autonomy. In its simplest sense, procreative autonomy is about a person's ability to act on his or her own values and interests. That means 29 U.S. states will make termination of pregnancies illegal unless it's a medical necessity or if the fetus was made through incest or rape. In addition to that, in the states that will have absolutely no access to abortions, it will also be illegal to travel to a different state to terminate a pregnancy and come back after the procedure. This means that women in states who are denied access to abortions will be prosecuted if they wish to leave the state and have the procedure done. They will be imprisoned and taken to court if the state finds out about the procedure. One of the biggest issues with deciding whether to overturn Roe v. Wade is the intertwining of church and state. Since the establishment of the U.S. Constitution and the Bill of Rights, the separation of church and state has been very important in Congress. The first clause in the Bill of Rights states, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. The separation of church and state means that Congress is not allowed to make decisions based on the religion they follow. If the religion is to be intertwined into politics and the government, it suggests that all U.S. citizens must abide by a specific religious stance, which goes against the Constitution, the very Constitution the Supreme Court is designed to protect. The separation of church and state is extremely important in the overturning of Roe v. Wade case because many people believe that terminating a pregnancy is murder due to the religion they follow. While people are allowed to have their own beliefs on the Roe v. Wade case, and while religion may influence their thoughts, Congress and the Supreme Court should be completely unbiased when making decisions for America, whether they are religious or not. Recently, in 2019, a law called the Conscious Rule was passed in America. This law allows healthcare providers and offices to deny services and resources such as abortion, sterilization, birth control, and other medical procedures based on religious or moral grounds. This is an example of the cross between church and state because healthcare offices are now legally allowed to discriminate against women, LGBTQ+, and even men if they wish to undergo any procedures or receive medications that the healthcare offices disagree with morally or religiously. Not only is this an infringement of women's reproductive rights, it is an infringement on everyone's right to the 1948 United Nations Universal Declaration of Human Rights. Article 25 says, Everyone has a right to a standard of living adequate for health and well-being. This law also specifically includes medical care. To protect the Roe v. Wade laws, everyone needs to make a stand. Already, people throughout the U.S. are constantly trying to raise awareness about the abolition of Roe v. Wade, whether it's through social media platforms, news, or websites. Planned Parenthood created an article about what Roe v. Wade is, what it is protecting, and what would happen if it was abolished. Planned Parenthood is one of the main supporters of women's autonomy rights. They are constantly providing information to help women who seek it. We will do our part to protect Roe v. Wade by writing emails to state representatives, city representatives, and congressmen. We will encourage others to get involved and email their representatives as well. We will also be attending protests and marches for women's rights and the protection of Roe v. Wade. 
One last thing we will do is volunteer at Planned Parenthood, which is a fantastic resource for women. Another thing Jillian and I can do is educate and spread awareness to people on what rights are being taken away if Roe versus Wade is to be overturned. We will continue to talk about this topic, encourage others to make their voices heard, and protect not only our rights, but every woman in America's rights. Thank you for tuning in and listening to our podcast on the Roe versus Wade case. We hope you enjoyed. Please continue to educate yourself and others and take action to protect women's rights and women's bodily autonomy. If you're looking to expand your knowledge and do your part to protect Roe vs. Wade, we suggest PlannedParenthood.org and ReproductiveRights.org.